0: Hey, everyone, I'm Victoria Renee, and this is Queer Film Club. Joining me today is Angelica, a fellow fanatic, Klexa shipper, and my amazing boss at my day job. Hey, man, thanks for coming on the pod.
1: Yeah, anytime.
0: I'll work extra hard next week for you. (laughs) You always work hard. Here's the premise. The hundred is a sci-fi series developed by Jason Rothenberg based off a novel of the same name. It takes place 97 years in the future where the last surviving members of the human race inhabit an enormous spaceship referred to as the Ark. They are the descendants of people who were up in space when a nuclear apocalypse destroyed life on earth. But 97 years later supplies are running low and they won't be able to sustain life on the Ark for much longer. There's a chance that Earth's radiation levels have been reduced enough to make it habitable. In order to find out, they send a 100 juvenile delinquents to the ground. And by delinquents, I mean normal teenagers who've made stupid mistakes. Because their resources are so limited, even the slightest of crimes aren't taken lightly. And that's how it begins. The series just concluded in September after seven seasons and a total of 100 episodes. Although there is much more to be said, we're here today to discuss one specific aspect of the show, and that's its queerness. Warning, there will be spoilers. All right. um, First question. Do you remember when we first discovered our mutual love of the hundred?
1: Yeah, it was at the shop. And I think it was like a Monday because I think you were there like putting the truck away for me because, you know, I was hella pregnant.
0: Yeah. Um, (laughs) I don't
1: remember. I think we were just talking about like queer media. And I was like, I think you asked me, right? You were like, do you watch The 100? And I like came around the corner and like showed you my like Lexa tattoo. (laughs)
0: Yes. (laughs) It was such a memorable moment. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. You pulled up your sleeve because I had no idea that obviously you had that tattoo. So it was very thrilling.
1: Well, I do like to make an entrance, so...
0: I started watching The 100 because I had read that they were queer characters, and that's how I roll. But I don't think I ever asked you this. Why did you start watching the show? Were you aware of the queer characters, or did it just look interesting, or, like, how did it come on your radar? Yeah,
1: so I actually started watching The 100 midway through Season 2, like, right after Alexa was introduced as a character. Um... At the time, um, you know, like all young queer people, I was on that Tumblr, um, <laughs> and it was just like a huge thing when we found out that Lexa was gay, so I was like, well, I will watch something with a gay. So I started, <laughs> obviously went back and started at season one, and I mean, season one was such a great season, um, and then to find out that there were yeah. queer characters um, in season two, just really drove home that yeah I want to keep watching this um and then I reluctantly have continued to watch it until the end
0: (laughs) I like how you add the reluctantly part
1: (laughs) well I mean seasons pretty much after season three I wasn't watching you know like week by week I was very like I don't really know if I want to keep watching it but then I would always go back and end up watching all of it and it wasn't until season seven that I started watching it weekly again.
0: Yeah, it really is a fantastic show. I didn't realize that I liked sci-fi as much as I do. Sci-fi
1: is great. I have tons of other sci-fi show recommendations with queer people that you should watch.
0: Ooh, I would love to hear that. Well, I've told and you. And I think our listeners would. And you never oh, watch um, them. Are... <laughs> That's not
1: true. Nona Herb?
0: I, I have watched Winona Earp. You've watched the first some I, of it. Some of it. You're right. I'm not caught up yeah. on Winona We Earp. have to
1: get into like not like last season where they had a bunch of uh of the actors from Lost Girl uh guest star. Oh, that's right.
0: That's right. Lost Girl, that that's another good sci-fi. That is one. a great queer sci-fi. That we bonded over. Oh yeah. I I should say maybe our listeners would like some recommendations.
1: Well, now I'm on the spot and I can't think of any, so.
0: Oh, okay. (laughs) But Winona Earp for sure. And Lost Girl. Winona Earp, Lost Girl. And I know another one you recommended to me, and I'm embarrassed to say I haven't watched it yet, is um, Sense8. Yes, Sense8.
1: Oh, and Orphan Black, obviously. I mean, that's a great one.
0: Before we get into everything that the 100 did wrong, let's talk about some of the positive aspects. First, the protagonist, Clark, is a queer woman. That's huge, especially for a series of this magnitude. Secondly, there are other queer main characters, namely Lexa, Nyla, Miller, Jackson, Brian, plus two other minor queer characters we see in the last two seasons. What I personally appreciate about this show is that their queerness isn't made out to be a big deal. Their sexuality isn't really discussed. Their sexuality doesn't define them as characters. And maybe part of that is because it takes place in the future and society looks very different than it does now. But on the other hand, I think that can be a fine line. How, okay, so so the question is, how do you adequately acknowledge that part of their character and their identity without downplaying it? Like, what are your thoughts on that?
1: Well, I guess for me, personally, I think that queerness should be defined by the person and not by society's reaction to that person. So I think that The 100 does a really good job of, you know, nobody talks about, other people's queerness I do wish that there were more about people talking about their own queerness um yeah you know if you look at it from a point of view like you know in 2020 um you know like I don't want there to be discussions about you know my queerness by society or about my rights as a queer person in society but how I choose to talk about my queerness to other people is my choice you know like in the entire series of the hundred like there are definitely like queer people and queer storylines but nobody ever defines the queerness i guess i would say like nobody ever mm-hmm. puts a name to their queerness which i think is a little bit of a disservice to the community um you know like we have all these queer characters none of them have labels whether given to them by society or given to them by them from themselves Yeah, Um, You know, everything is just shown by action. So if we look at action, you know, we can say Clark is probably bisexual or we can say that, you know, uh, Miller is probably gay. But we don't know for sure because there were never any uh, definitions or identities given throughout the show.
0: Yeah, I think that's a really good point because that's something I had recently thought of. Clark is often referred to as being bisexual. But technically, I mean, we don't really know how she identifies. Maybe yeah, I mean, she she's... could
1: be panned.
0: Yeah, she could be panned. She could be against labels altogether. And I mean, maybe in this futuristic society, maybe there aren't labels. Sounds nice, doesn't it? It does, actually. <laughs> So in terms of the queer characters and their storylines, what else do you think The 100 got right or maybe partially right?
1: Wow, what a loaded question. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I think that in terms of queerness, you know, um, the percentage of queer characters, um, I would say, is relatively realistic, I, I feel. I mean, it's hard when you are a queer person, because typically, you know, queer people tend to gravitate towards each other. Mm -hmm. So hard to say, you know, who is to say what the actual population of queer people is in terms, in relationship to non-queer people. And obviously the fact that like, just because somebody doesn't appear to be queer, doesn't mean that they aren't queer. But I feel like Mm -hmm. as far as TV shows go, ratio is pretty, there's quite a few queer, queer characters in the hundred. And, you know, obviously, aside from the one, uh, none of them die, which is nice.
0: (laughs) And now on to the fuck ups, or rather the most (laughs) infamous and unforgivable fuck up, which was the killing of Lexa in season three. Lexa is the commander, and she is also Clark's love interest, to say the least. In this show, the majority of characters are eventually killed off, but this was particularly heartbreaking and enraging because it fell into the bury your gaze trope. And if anyone's unfamiliar with this, it's exactly what it sounds like. Queer characters in film and television have a long, long history of being killed off, either by their own hand or by someone else's. But even within this trope, Lexa's death seemed particularly unjust. First, her and Clark had just consummated their relationship. One moment they're in bed together and the next Lexa is bleeding out. Secondly, Lexa didn't die in battle. She didn't die heroically. She died from a stray bullet, which seemed like sloppy writing. Needless to say, there was major, major backlash from fans and the queer community. What? How did you respond to her death? Was, was it I a mean, total surprise? Did you know it was coming?
1: I didn't know it was coming. It was definitely a surprise. Um, I knew that um, the actress who plays Lexa, Alicia Denham Carey, was not going to be in all of season three. Mm-hmm. Um But I guess I just didn't really, I should have known, but uh, (laughs) being optimistic, I just assumed they would figure something else out, Um, but they didn't. Um, So yeah, it was definitely a surprise. Um, I mean, it was like, really not a good time. I mean, obviously, like, I think, what, it was 2016. So I was like, I don't know, twenty. when it happened so pretty young still and like Mm -hmm. you know seeing I mean and Lexa definitely wasn't the first queer character that I saw killed off on screen um as many many queer characters are um but you know it was Lexa was definitely like a character that I had never seen before as far as like strength and um and power of a queer character yeah. Uh, and to see her killed off in such a careless manner. It was it was pretty devastating.
0: Do you recall the first queer character that you did see killed off
1: on screen? Um, I believe it was Tara in Buffy
0: who was also killed by a stray bullet.
1: Coincidence? I think not.
0: <laughs> well, according to Jason Rothenberg, he was unaware of that death. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) obviously this trope existed long before the hundred would it be fair to say that lex's death was sort of a breaking point and that jason rothenberg was held responsible for failings in the past i mean i think that that's a pretty
1: fair um pretty fair to say i think that when this all went down, we were at a point where, um, you know, like our generation of, of queer individuals were at an age where we were more comfortable being queer, more able to stand up, more willing to stand up than generations prior to us. Right. Um, you know, I think that we were at a place in the queer community that we, we're finally able to say this is enough and we deserve better than this representation, Um, which I don't think, you know, obviously like the queer community has been around for a long time, but we haven't always had the power or, you know, the social backing to stand up and, and say that this wasn't okay.
0: Yeah, I agree completely. I'm not like, I'm not, you know, saying he didn't make a mistake, but I do feel like he did kind of bear the brunt of it. I guess.
1: Oh, for sure. Uh, but I, I mean, also he wonder, he like, lost like fifteen thousand Twitter followers in like two days after <laughs> it.
0: <laughs> yes, yes, you told me that. It it makes me wonder, like, did, did no one in the writers' room speak up and say, "Hey, this is a bad idea"? Oh my god! I mean, right,
1: like anyone like were anyone. they
0: anyone <laughs> like were they that disconnected from reality or i don't know it's, it's kind of shocking were there any queer writers probably on the not. writing staff
1: but i mean you you think about it you know like these are all you know this is a room of people who are paid to write television so you assume they all have knowledge of television and you know jason rothenberg can say oh i didn't know about buffy you know yeah but like did no one in that room
0: in regards to lexa's death jason rothenberg said that he wanted to make a point about the fragility of life that even someone powerful like the commander can still die tragically and accidentally He also said the hundred doesn't really do big heroic battlefield deaths or rather that he tries not to do them because the show is already pretty violent and he doesn't want to glorify the violence. Like what's your response to that? Like, is that justifiable?
1: I mean, you can't see me, but I'm totally rolling my eyes. (laughs) Okay. I mean, let's just go back and look at season one. How many of the hundred died in the woods battling with the grounders. Those Thons. were horrible graphic deaths. Yeah. I mean, let's talk about Indra for a second. How many times does Indra talk about having a warrior's death? Like, that's obviously like the main goal for all of, for, for the grounders, you know? They want to die in battle, defending. Up until the very last episode of the series, Indra talks about a good death.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I had forgot about that, actually. Like, if you have to kill off Lex's character, yeah, just do it better.
1: Yeah, I mean, like, definitely, like, if you can avoid killing her, that'd be great. But, I Mm -hmm. mean, she is the commander. All commanders die. Yeah. But she definitely deserved a better death.
0: Right. Even as heartbreaking as it was to see lincoln's execution that scene was so much more powerful and satisfying i guess than this bullshit stray bullet bullshit basically
1: well yeah i mean lincoln died protecting his people yeah you know even though he was executed he turned himself over to save the grounders that were stuck in arcadia right But
0: Lexa just walked through a door. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, it definitely does seem like Rothenberg just kind of did some backpedaling.
1: It was lazy. It was super lazy.
0: Yeah, I think it was lazy and sloppy to begin with. And then I think his defense of it was also lazy and sloppy. Yeah. And I, well, so I should point out, Briefly, that the barrier gaze trope is really just the tip of the iceberg when it comes to queer representation. There are a lot of other harmful, misrepresentative tropes in regards to queer characters. You see homophobia, transphobia, hate crimes, you see internalized homophobia, you see a lot of suffering, you see hypersexualization, deviance. Would you say the hundred was able to avoid some of these other? harmful tropes in regards to queer representation
1: yeah i think so um i think a big part of that is because it's set in the future you know in a dystopian future where like we don't have to conform to current societal rules
0: yeah so i
1: think that they do kind of get away with 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 skipping over a lot of those more those I guess standard uh queer tropes that are present in so much so many other media right um and obviously like none of these tropes are better than the other Um, no any one of them is um horribly um dangerous to the queer community and especially the young queer community
0: absolutely I guess you don't see the, the suffering as much as you do in other film and television. I mean, like, one could argue that the heterosexual characters endure more suffering than I mean, the queer I think, characters.
1: I think throughout the series, obviously, what? The two, the two characters who clearly suffer the most, Raven...
0: Yeah, Raven, exactly. Bitch
1: just gets tortured every other (laughs)
0: day. Oh, poor Raven.
1: I know. But aside from Raven, I think the second character who does suffer the most is Clark. I mean, she doesn't suffer in the traditional, like, very, like, open, you know, like, obvious, like... Like, she doesn't suffer the same way that Raven does. Where, like, Raven's literally strapped to a table every other day and just, like, getting fucked up. Yeah. Clark is in so much internal agony throughout the entire series right you know like she murders her first love she pulls a lever to kill 300 people to save her mother you know like how many times does Clark commit genocide to save her people she betrays her friends she I mean Clark has has suffered she loses her child you know yeah like but it's not because she's queer and i think that's the big difference you know like queer people can suffer and that's okay but queer people suffering because they're queer is where the issue is in other media i think
0: yeah i i couldn't agree with you more after Lexa dies, there's this sweet moment between Clark and her mom. Do you know in what prison? I'm referring to? <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. <laughs> um, you know, <laughs> disclaimer, Angelica knows this show way better than I do because <laughs> you've, you've watched the entire series at least twice, right?
1: Yeah, well, I, actually, I just rewatched it with, with my wife in preparation for our podcast so i'm pretty fresh not you know relatively fresh
0: more fresh than i am so <laughs> thank you for, for your dedication but yeah so um there's this sweet moment it's really brief but you know clara's like i loved her and abby's sympathetic and that's it at the time i was like you know cool like why make a big deal out of it right but now i wonder I don't know, should that scene have been longer? Should there have been maybe a little bit more of a discussion or acknowledgement? Yeah, I totally see where you're coming from. I think
1: one of the parts about The 100 is that because there's so much going on, they kind of squeak away with, with it seeming like there were these other discussions that were unseen by the audience, you know, like... You know, Abby's response to Clark saying I loved her was, I know, which implies that at some point there was some sort of discussion between Clark and Abby about the relationship that Clark had or was was trying to have with Lexa
0: that yeah. we never
1: saw. And I think that, um, that The 100 plays on that quite a few times where we don't really get to see a lot of discussion that I think in reality would have been happening.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. It's so action-driven that they can't really waste time on a lot of exposition.
1: But, I mean, I do agree with you that it would be nice to have that. You know, I think that that's something that the show lacks is those discussions about feelings. You know, so much, the only time characters really talk about their feelings is, like, when they're in a position where they have no control over their feelings or you know like
0: they're in just immense suffering yeah even if it's just like a minute longer just a little yeah. something extra
1: oh for sure i think that we that clark definitely deserved more time to mourn lexa than she was given
0: yeah yeah absolutely All right, let's say you're the showrunner and you need to write off Lexa's character because the actress has other commitments. How would you go about doing it? Would you kill her or simply write her off? And if you kill, well, either way, how would you go about doing it?
1: Well, I guess it depends on a lot of things. Obviously like her character is the commander. Um, which is like a super important role i think that they definitely could have managed the show without constant appearances by the commander um mm-hmm. in which case you know obviously like she's the commander she's busy she could be off doing <laughs> whatever wherever you know yeah <laughs> um, you know she could have been dealing with the ice nation or you know, gonna go find Luna or who knows, you know, there were tons of options for ways to keep Lexa alive. True, If she had to die, you know, there are like a million other better ways she could have died, you know, she could have died in battle. I almost would have rather her die in the solo gone play with Rowan than yeah. the stray bullet.
0: Yeah, I agree. And Jason Rothenberg also said that Well, he said he wouldn't change killing her off, but he did say he would try and uh, give a little more time in between consummating the relationship and killing her.
1: Yeah, I mean, that would have been nice. It would have been nice to actually see them have a relationship. You know, most of season three, you know, we got to see them get closer. We got to see them... um, you know, have these cute little interactions, but it wasn't until literally five seconds before she was shot that we got to see them actually be in a
0: relationship. Right. Aside from Clark, three other queer characters survive until the series end. First there's Nyla in previous seasons. She was Clark's friend with benefits. Then there's Miller and Jackson who are in a relationship together. How likely do you think it is that these characters weren't killed off for fear of sparking further backlash?
1: Oh, I think that that is extremely likely.
0: Do you think that's the only reason?
1: Probably. I mean, let's be real. Um, Nyla was barely a character for the last season, two seasons.
0: Yeah, that really... (laughs) I guess I was laughing about it, but I remember coming into work after watching it this past fall and saying to you, is it just me or does Nyla have like one fucking line each episode? <laughs> like one line. Why is she there? Yeah. Because she queer. Because she queer. And they don't want to lose more fans.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you know, you think back to when... Lexa was still alive and how much queer baiting they used her for in the promotion of the show
0: <clears throat> see actually that's not something I was really aware of because I didn't start watching the show until well I think until season 3 had already ended
1: mm, yeah see you remember uh, Clark and Lexa's first kiss way back in season 2 yeah they aired that in a promo before the episode aired um uh, it's actually really funny. So when Alicia Debnam Carey came back to reprise her role as not Lexa but the judge as Lexa, yeah. um she actually one of her conditions to coming back to film was that he would they would not use any footage of her in the promos because they didn't want them to use her to queer bait.
0: Props to her seriously, a hundred
1: percent' that's some bullshit, yeah, but so yeah, I mean that was a big issue back in season two and season three is that they they heavily used Lexa to get queer fellowship into the show,
0: yeah, yeah, Which, it worked who's your favorite character uh lexa. <laughs> <laughs> who's your least favorite character um
1: oh god there's so many <laughs> i mean i don't know like jaha finn mm-hmm. um russell shade had a i could just keep going so many
0: if you had to choose only one i mean
1: probably jaha
0: jaha yeah
1: Also, because I just don't like Isaiah Washington at all.
0: Right. Oh, and there's Pike. I really hate Pike. Oh, yeah. Pike
1: Pike was horrible, too.
0: Yeah. What's your favorite storyline?
1: That's a good one. Um, I mean, I did really like the storyline in season three about, like, um, Lexa having to, like, defend her... Her throne, or whatever, and like show that she was like strong enough to be the commander.
0: How satisfied were you with the series finale?
1: Relatively satisfied.
0: I what think would you have that, done differently?
1: You know, that's a hard one because I feel like I feel like the ending of the series got really almost. Um, beyond sci-fi it was almost um
0: yeah with the whole transcendent thing
1: yeah it got yeah. like real religious there for a while and i was like eh, i don't know about this with the aliens and the transcending and the higher beings i don't know it got a little weird um, yeah but you know as 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 far mm. as like tv shows series finales i think it was it was satisfying to watch at least
0: it, it could have been far more disappointing
1: oh 100 percent.
0: yeah i agree i didn't like the the transcendence and yeah like the religious aspect for me personally because i'm not religious and i am opposed to organized religion but from an objective point of view yeah you're right it kind of took a turn away from the sci-fi towards the religious and like I was hoping that the shepherd was wrong about everything and you know he just misunderstood but as it turns out he I mean he was wrong about the nature of the test in the last war but he was right about the transcendence
1: unfortunate for
0: sure unfortunate but it could have been worse for sure oh yeah for people who haven't watched the show, what else do you think they should know about it? Like, do, like, would you recommend this show to queer people, even with all of its problems? Or would you say don't waste your time?
1: I mean, I would recommend watching the first two seasons for sure. And then, like, You know halfway through season three episode seven but like after clark and lexa have sex just like shut it off and pretend it's over
0: (laughs) like right after
1: yeah like right after just like turn it off the end everybody is happily ever after
0: before we move on to trivia is there anything else you would like to talk about or any questions maybe you were hoping i would ask Etc. cetera. Um,
1: you know, I think you did a really good job of asking questions. Um, I do think that, you know, we should shed a little bit of light on on some of the good that's came from Lex's death. You know, obviously as heartbreaking as it was for so many people, um, a lot of good did come out of it. Um, the queer community in response to Lex's death um, did raise over $175,000 for the Trevor Project. Nice, um, which was amazing. Um, uh, founded a nonprofit called LGBT Fans Deserve Better, which um, focuses on educating um, and fighting for better representation for queer people. Um, so I think that those are really important things to remember. Is you know, as much as it sucks that we've had to see so many queer people killed off in popular media, um, hopefully we are getting into an era where we see less of that and see more realistic and happy storylines for queer people.
0: Hell yeah. I'm glad you brought that up. There is a silver lining. Yes. All right. Are you down for some trivia?
1: Sure. I'm going to do real bad, but it's fine.
0: Well, I think you'll do all right. Every trivia question is related to a queer character. Ooh! How, how do you like that?
1: I'm right. intrigued.
0: Number one. In what episode do we first see Lexa? Either the Season title two, or the... episode
1: eight.
0: Ooh, so close. Episode seven. Six. Dang. Do you want to guess the title of the episode? No. <laughs>
1: all the titles are
0: so weird what is it (laughs) well I'll tell you anyway Um, fog of war ah yes okay
1: (laughs) Lexa's super extra in that episode though let's be real her fake limp
0: oh yeah (laughs) I had forgot all about that until you showed me that clip
1: honestly Lexa's like the most extra character on that show her with all of her (laughs) goddamn candles calm down (laughs)
0: number two when we first meet lexa what does she consider a weakness love nice what's the name of lexa's former lover costia where does clark first meet nyla
1: um at her father's trading post
0: nice Why does Nyla help Clark avoid the Azgeda bounty hunters?
1: Uh, Because she loves her, obviously.
0: Mm. Did they ever give an official reason? Um, Well, yeah, I mean, I don't think you're wrong in that she loves her, but um, Nyla does disclose that the mountain men took her mother.
1: Oh, that's right.
0: So she's like, yeah, Clark, you killed them all. Good. Fuck
1: yeah. And then she's like, tell me about the mountain. And Clark's like, nah, let's just have sex.
0: Yep. <laughs> That's how it goes. <laughs> All right. Number six. Who accidentally shoots Lexa? Frickin' Titus. <laughs> Dumbass. <laughs> number seven, what was Jackson's profession slash title on the arc?
1: I mean, he was he's like a doctor.
0: Right. The official title is medical officer.
1: Oh, so yeah, fancy.
0: That, that was a weird one. What is Jackson's first name?
1: Oh, it's super weird. Oh, I just heard it too, and now I
0: can't remember.
1: It's like the. It's. It was so weird when I found out, but now it's like gone.
0: <laughs> yeah, I did. I had no idea what it was, honestly. They
1: literally mention it. I think one time in the
0: entire series. Yeah. So- yeah, yeah. He's always just Jackson.
1: Ugh, what is it?
0: It's Eric.
1: Eric. Ah, that's right. So weird.
0: Yeah. <laughs> what is Miller's first name? Nate. When do Miller and Jackson form a relationship?
1: <sighs> well, that's a bit blurry. Because it was, like, the season before they were in the bunker. So, like, what season... So season three and then so what season end of season four and then they were in a relationship at the beginning of season five.
0: Okay, that's way more specific than I had. <laughs> <laughs> um I just well what I have is while well in the bunker.
1: Yeah, it like kind of started right before they were in the bunker. You could tell they were like
0: hanging out more, you know. Okay all right you get the points for that one thank you what's the name of Miller's first boyfriend
1: Brian
0: okay I know I already mentioned it just seeing if you're paying attention I was (laughs) what's Brian's last name what the hell (laughs) (laughs) um I don't know okay that's a trick question I don't think we ever find out hey (laughs) what is the name of Daniel Prime's lover Oof,
1: that guy that we see like two times Um
0: yeah and he like kisses Murphy or tries to kiss Murphy when he thinks he's actually Daniel
1: I mean Murphy does say he's a good kisser yeah uh, but I don't remember his name
0: they should have fleshed that out a little more yeah his name was Zev
1: Zev yeah. what a weird name
0: and then I have a bonus question
1: Ooh, okay <laughs>
0: The actress who plays Becca, her name is Erica Sierra, played a guest role on what other popular queer series?
1: I feel like I should know this, but I can't think of it.
0: I feel like you shouldn't know this, but since you know me pretty well, what what do you think the answer might be based on? based on (laughs) Carol is not a series
1: (laughs) yeah I know but anything to do with you I just immediately think Carol so
0: oh okay well that that's fair that's yeah um okay what else (laughs) let's
1: be real Victoria you talk about so many different queer medias like I
0: can't even keep them straight just just try one more guess just one more um i talk about it i talk about the original and the reboot pretty often oh the l word you got it (laughs) haha yeah she um i think it's in season three she plays this like vampire professor who alice dates and like alice thinks she really is a vampire i don't know you know
1: that happens i haven't seen the l word in like so long
0: fun fact they are about to start filming season two of the reboot
1: oh hopefully none of them get
0: covid let's hope not all right man that is all i have for you thank you again seriously
1: well thanks for having me it was a trip it was
0: my it was my pleasure it was a blast Boom, boom,